Hey, everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Monday, April 10th. It's a Monday. And I was way too dialed in on that intro, too. Like, I sounded you like, sound like a, Casey Kasem. Or like a circus barker, you yeah. know, but like way too fake into it. And I'm not. I'm super. I've got the Easter energy. Easter I forget Monday. how the real world works. Is today a day that <laughs> normal humans get off of school and work? I mean, it's a day that I have off from school and work. I mean, well, I'm off school entirely, so that was every day. But yeah, no. So basically, everyone gets Friday. Yeah. Some select few get Monday, including me. I'm sounding like more of a jerk every time I do this, but <laughs> but yeah. But Emily, I believe, did not have today off and had to take it off. Yeah, same with Gwen. Sure. Yeah. She's got a four day weekend, but yeah. today is not a real day off. But I think high school's in, right? I think one would think. I, know I don't know. Grocery stores were closed yesterday, which I was starting to tell you about. But then I was like, "Oh, this is a oh, hilarious yeah. story. I better save it for of the you podcast. shirking your <laughs> husbandly duties and not going to buy groceries right now." Pretty much. Well, <laughs> so family stuff was Friday. Originally, it was going to be because it's the cross section of. Passover, Ramadan, oh, yeah. and Easter are all happening at the same time, which is rare. Is that even allowed? I don't know. And I'm not involved with the Ramadan portion, just like I have some coworkers who are, so, you know, shout out to them. But yeah, Aid Mubarak, I think that's right. Anyways, I'm trying to throw it out. I'm learning new things, you know, anyways. And so we were going to do Passover Thursday, and then my family thing was Friday. So it was like barbecue lunch kind of thing. So I was like, okay, well, why don't we stay overnight? Because it's only about, I don't know, half an hour in between the two places. Perfect. And then her sister was like, oh, it's my husband's birthday Friday, so can we do it Friday? Okay, first of all, why would you choose to celebrate your birthday on Passover at your in-laws in the middle of nowhere? Not judging, but I'm just like, if it's my birthday, I'd be like, no, we're going to see The Meg 2, yeah. or we're like going to, to Targ or Mayfair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or staying home. So that was it. And I was like, okay, well, but weeks ago, we agreed to my family barbecue, and now you're putting them on the same day. And I mean, I don't know if it's an age thing or a not having kids thing, but two family things on one day is a lot. You just always want to stay home and play with kitties. Yeah. That's to it. be honest, that is, <laughs> that is basically it, you know? And so anyways, but we're like, okay, fine, we'll figure this out. And so then, then her other sister wanted to stay overnight, which is fine also, but it's just, it's a whole other thing. And like, yeah, then you got to get someone to feed the cats. And so anyways, it all worked out, but it was just a lot. We did my family sitting first, got about three hours in there. Only had one beer just in case. And then we got to the other one and literally walk in the door and there's just three kids screaming. Like in a good kids having fun way. But Oh, not just like standing in the corner like Blair Witch style or not something? Yet, and- not yet. No, but it's just one of those things like when you don't have kids, you and I don't, you know, yeah. you don't think about it all the time. And then when you walk into a place where there are kids, you think about it immediately and all the time. We snuck in here on Saturday morning, had friends in town from Montreal and Toronto. Ooh. And I get to be the cool out-of-town uncle and be like, hey, do you want to come to my movie theater and play Mario Kart on the big screen? Oh, wait a minute. The picture that I saw was you yourself? That, that was me. That wasn't you earning money for the theater. That no. was you misusing your abilities. <laughs> my power. <laughs> but I played it up on the social media of, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah. You can rent the cinema. <laughs> for money. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> but that was trickery, you know, because usually yes. it sort of implied that it was a rental, which is what you want. Even yes. I was fooled, you know. Yes, so. yes. Well done, I guess. That was five Torontonian kids and two Montreal kids. Oh, what? Seven? Yeah, the Torontonians have five children in their house. That's... And they're all... I'm really bad with ages, but they're all... (laughs) Pretend you're looking at my hand. They're all like, you know... This age to this age. Yeah, they're, he's they're, doing the thing like at a carnival where you're if yeah. you're too short to ride the ride, he's Most doing that right now. Most of them couldn't ride those rides. <laughs> yeah. 
But you can come to the free theater that your yeah. fake <laughs> uncle or real uncle or I don't know yeah. anymore. No blood relation. Yeah, Josh, Unky Josh. <laughs> but the best was at one point, one of the kids was calmly playing the piano. What? With what? some skill. But it's not even in tune, I don't think. And at the same time, the other two were screaming like those other ones that you saw, dancing around on the stage and doing cartwheels and things. Like dancing to the piano or just no, dancing? No, just okay. to their own beat. Sure. And so I looked at the dad. I pointed to the piano uh-huh. and went, well, this one seems okay and put together. <laughs> There's something wrong with those ones. Oh, man. That was the Josh kid who yeah, was like yeah. kept to himself, <laughs> did his own thing. Didn't... I wish I played piano. These kids are already more talented than I ever have been. But, well, I don't, but the Zomkies, though. That's true. Three full issues out. Did I tell the story of my Zomkies ego boost from you, you did. Comic-Con? I just listened to that on okay, the way cool. like five minutes ago because I meant to joke and say that someone like paid that guy to go and say uh, that to you. Yeah, and you missed it. He <laughs> wasn't actually a fan of Zomkies. Right now it's out of context, so it makes no sense. And like only people like me who were listening to it five minutes ago get that joke. Well, that shows you that anytime you see Conan O'Brien go like, oh, I interviewed a celebrity and then met them at a party three years later and forgot that I interviewed them on my show because I do so many shows. Yeah. I just forgot something I said a week ago. It's a a hilarious segue to that. My wife's sister, who was working on that horror movie that I was kind of working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On again, off again. Anyway, so she was in Costa Rica for like a month or whatever. And I guess up there she ran into friends of hers randomly. So they're hanging out. And then they were like, oh, remember when you uh, made that horror movie back in the day? And she was like, what? What are you talking about? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. 2012, you cast that horror movie and you put me in it and we made it and whatever. And she's had no memory of this at all. And so this one she's working on now, she was convinced it was the first That's movie, hilarious. let alone horror movie, that she'd ever worked on. So her friends are like, yeah, what are you talking about? And they look <laughs> it up and, she, and it happened. And so this movie, 2013 movie called Torment. Then did it come back to her? Oh, yeah. Okay. And once she was looking at the, when she saw the director's name and stuff like that, she was like, oh yeah and so she actually like had this in her back pocket it was like a pretty known company that produced it well not like universal or something like that but like one that we like that actually sounds familiar torment like i think it was like vertical or something was anybody in it like a d-grade yes there were two noteworthy people in it Uh, maybe more than two so no offense to maybe c-grade maybe b well first of all it was um ginger snaps was in it oh uh, Catherine isabel Catherine isabel yeah i like her Yeah, yeah yeah so she starred in it and then second was stephen mccaddy Oh, holy cow. From, from everything, but like Pontypool. Uh, he was even in that Awakening the Zodiac filmed in Ottawa. Wait a minute. Did the Mayfair screen this movie? I'm going to say yes, for sure they did, but I didn't look. But God, that's why I think it sounds familiar. I think we screened <laughs> that movie in, what did you say, 2012? Yeah, or 2013 ish, you know. So it would have been, yeah, like a decade ago, basically. So not only did she work on a movie, she worked on a movie that screened here. Very likely. And she forgot about it. Because it was... But has she done like a hundred movies? No. this funny. That would have been her first because she thinks Ah. now she's working on her first, which is now her second. And, And what's hilarious is that was right before I met her sister. Yeah. So like I would have had no, I wouldn't have known anything about it, any of that, you know, but it did seem familiar to me. Like I definitely knew of the movie. It's just one of those. I mean, it's not like it's like a hard title. Yeah, but anyway. there's probably 37 movies called Torment. Oh yeah, for sure. or Tormented and all that. You know, I haven't watched it yet. I've been, it's actually kind of difficult to find now, but it might be on Tubi. I think so. I haven't checked. Tubi. Oh Tubi, you'll never let us down. <laughs> Not at all. You know, so that I just thought was hilarious. Like you already had this pedigree, and so she's still trying to get me involved in it, and like trying to hype me up, and like everyone's trying to get me a screenwriter, and I'm like, maybe I should be, but yes, I, I don't yes. know. It's it's do it. It's so hard. I mean, maybe like talking to people like Mark, Mark Polisol, you know, hit screenwriter of Drag Dragon. Yeah. Didn't he say he was working on that for like 10 years? <laughs> like, yes. 
and Lee, like with his directing, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's so much time and effort. You're just tearing your hair out and then it doesn't happen at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, not always. I that, sound so pessimistic. That really is but... the key. Damn cursed children to bring it back to me. <laughs> Let's make it about Josh. Make it about me, please. <laughs> was not quite a decade, but just to make it sound better, was like a decade overnight success story. It was about the same time as Torment. <laughs> and we weren't working on it six hours a day, five days a week. But we came up with the concept, sat with that for a bit, worked on some rough ideas, sat with that for a bit, worked on scripts, got rejected by a bunch of people. It went away for a little while. It came back. And then we got it published. And now it's out and you could buy it on evil Amazon or from your local bookstore. And Just give Josh money. Like, however you please, buy it. Please give me money. Please. <laughs> he needs this check. Anytime there's a band or an actor or a comic person or a screenwriter who makes it, sometimes there is that story of like, I left film school and my first script got picked up and now I'm for real. Yeah. But so many. You hear stories of Sam Jackson wasn't a full-time professional working actor until he was 40 or something like that. Yeah. And he was just in the trenches and working off-Broadway and doing commercials and doing bad movies. And so <laughs> it, it takes a while. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would highly recommend, I believe it was 1992, but the movie Fresh with Sam Jackson. Oh, yeah. Right just before he blew up with Pulp Fiction. Or Jurassic blew, Park. Blew further, you know. Yeah. Amos and Andrew with Nick Cage, of course. Which that I think movie I, can't hold up. It's so that terrible. Movie can't Holy hold up. Holy God! I watched it last year. You I just think say the like, words, and you're like, "Oh, I, I just I canceled just for saying the words." We watched it as kids. Like, I, I'm like oh, my I mom rented the it. Yeah. yeah, and it's not good. Like, and I love both those guys. And there was other um, Dabney Coleman, I think, was in it. Like, there, yeah, there's a pretty yeah. good cast. It's not good at all. Like, even at the time, it sucks, you know? <laughs> and it's one of those things, you know, where it's like, you remember stuff as a kid, and you're like, you have a, an opinion on it or whatever, and then you see it as an adult, and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't really even get that as a movie. Like, all these adult themes and all these things and that, you know? Yeah. And just as a kid, you're just happy to be watching a grown-up movie. You don't know. Well, it's like, I just mentioned I was in here playing video games with a bunch of kids. <laughs> Would you stop bringing that up? <laughs> it's all, what are you even gesturing at here? I don't know. So... Don't think about this too much, but let's just say that I'm not saying where I watched this movie. Wait a minute. But let's say I watched the movie Black Cauldron recently. Black Cauldron? Oh, on, oh, the Disney. Okay. It's on Disney Plus. Sure. I just watched it at home. All right. That That's could all be I'm true. Saying. That might be that true. That might be true. <laughs> that might be true. And it was a very interesting watch because I really like that movie, knowing that it is not a great movie. <laughs> but it's not like there's a line in the sand of like, oh, that movie's good or bad. But you can still enjoy something, and not even like the way we enjoyed The Room, yeah. but you can still enjoy something because <laughs> you saw it at a certain time, you have a nice memory, you went with your mom to the movies, yeah. and Black Cauldron, I think I saw it when I was like seven or eight. I'm sure. And it's a little scary, mm -hmm. and it's really pretty. Like, the animation's really nice. Just there's not much to it. And I think the kids liked it, but sometimes I think when you show a kid a movie from 40 years ago or 35 years ago, it must be like watching a, a silent film. You know, they're yeah. like, what's this? But yeah, so movies are funny like that, where especially for me, the 80s, your Trons and... Mm -hmm. Black you, Hole. Yeah, they're not good, <laughs> but they're really fun to watch. Black Cauldron was this really interesting mix, which I never thought of before. And I watched it a couple years ago. These two gentlemen did not work on this movie, but it's like half Ralph Bashki and half Don Bluth. Yeah. Because it has that Traso animation feel and the live-action backgrounds with, like, smoke and lightning. Mm -hmm. So it kind of looks like Lord of the Rings or Fire and Ice, but then the character design and the movement looks exactly like the recently mentioned Dragon's Lair. <laughs> but it's like a Disney movie, and it's from a time. Can you imagine, at this time, 
Disney almost went away. Yeah. Tron lost a lot of money. And in the years leading up to that, they were like, here's Herbie the Love Bug 4. That's all we can do. Yeah, yeah. Eisner was grasping at straws for a while. And I remember that's when they, well, not exactly then, but they started pumping out the direct-to-video sequels to anything that made any money ever. And then it was what, like early 90s, they went Little Mermaid and everything turned around. Yeah, and and it makes me think of Marvel as well, which ironically is owned by Disney now. Exactly. They they literally declared for bankruptcy in like 92 Two giant companies that almost went away. Yeah, and it's just, it's, sort of funny now and like just quaint almost a lot of people will never remember that kids no no kids these days quote unquote like imagine if marvel was like i'm trying to think like gold key comics and disney was like rko pictures they just didn't work gold key comics (laughs) gold key comics that's amazing i was thinking that recently just because i I happened to see a poster or a comic cover on social media am i wrong i think it was star trek maybe they did oh yeah yeah i think so i think so they did not care about canon. No. You know, you know. nowadays, if you do a Star Wars comic, there's oh, somebody man. whose job is to be like, oh, you can't do that because he died in this other book or whatever. It must go through like multiple rounds of people like that, I have to assume. Well, even now, when you read a Star Wars Marvel comic today, in the fine print at the bottom, you know, it says like writer, artist, letterer, etc. Then has the editors. Mm-hmm. In the fine print at the bottom, it says, I think it says, special thanks to the... Star Wars Lucasfilm creative group and there's oh. like six names and I think those six people their lives are like reading every book and comic and playing every video game and talking with the authors and just making sure everything stays on track as best as they can and they got blackboards like Goodwill Hunting with all the information that they yeah. have to follow and yeah, stuff that, that, like... that thing from Always Sunny <laughs> you know they yeah, got yeah. that it's exactly that didn't Gold Key do like Treasure Island and stuff like that as well, or like kind of like Huck Finn ish? I think so, yeah. Because like I vaguely remember that, and I think that was like before our time, and I, I feel like it was like those were the god dime back issues and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. No one wanted, and now they're that now they're probably worth a fortune. But oh, probably. We got them at a quarter bins. Speaking of Bakshi as well, like I watched, I think it was Bakshi. I watched Coonskin not that yes, long ago. Yes. And it's funny, like a lot of his stuff, it just, it kind of makes you feel like kind of dirty, like kind of uncomfortable. It makes you feel like you're in 1973 in yeah. a X-rated cinema. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, and even like Fritz the Cat, it's not even just the content. It's just the animation like feels kind of gross. Yeah. You can see the roughness. <laughs> There's a term or a profession where it's like more in the pencil and ink days, I think, but like cleanup artists yeah. where they just go through and clean up all the scratches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you compare that to something like a Blu-ray of heavy metal or something. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. And, and I always, I remember like as a kid, I mean, I don't, I don't think I saw like all of Fritz the Cat or something, but I, I, I suspect maybe I saw a few minutes on at my friend's house on movie picks or something like that late at night, what you were not supposed to be watching, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember like, and you just, it's not titillating at all. I don't know. Like it just, especially when your only point of reference is Disney or, you know, whatever, like Saturday morning cartoons and you see something like that, you're just like, Oh, like, ah, what, what is happening here? Yeah, and they must have been popular. Like, I think Fritz the Cat made money, oh, I yeah. think. Not probably like $400 million, but made money. Mm-hmm. I know Lord of the Rings did not, because <laughs> that's why there was not the return of the king and yeah i wonder if it has by now though like with oh, like because sure. it was popular on dvd i think because it wasn't available for quite a time and then when it was i mean i still didn't god i didn't see it till five years ago i think i saw like it that. here when i was in high school I bet. like double build with akira or something like that you yeah. know and that's all you had as a lord of the rings fan that wasn't oh, yeah. you know yeah 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 and that is it sounds so crazy but you can kind of forgive the hollywood powers that be because when 
the guy who directed the not blockbuster hits, The meet Frighteners the and Meet the Feebles, <laughs> is like, hey, can I have a bazillion dollars to make not one but three movies in a genre that does not have a great track record with no real i don't want to say no a-list cast but just elijah wood elijah was wood yeah known but he wasn't and ian mckellen star. was known but not he's ian mckellen yeah but he wasn't headlining blockbuster movies in hollywood no and in the 80s movies i love but labyrinth willow dark crystal the last unicorn were not i think a couple of them were okay i think willow did okay but none of them were Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so to point at a genre and you're like, okay, the genre of sword and sorcery is cult at best. And you want to make three big mainstream movies? You're crazy, Peter Jackson. Yeah. It's funny because I think about Titanic sometimes too, because it was one movie, obviously, but the budget of maybe two Lord of the Rings is, yeah. <laughs> or maybe even three. I mean, that's also 97 or 96 whenever he shot it. It took like, God, two years, I think, at least yeah. for him to make, you know. And I just remember, like, there was an Entertainment Weekly, I guess it was, article that was talking about what a failure it already was, and they were so over budget. And at that time, and I think it was only like only you know forty to sixty million over, which Everybody is obviously a lot of money, but like it was going to be the Hollywood disaster. Yeah, like dead in the water, no pun intended. And and and, and you know, yeah, it's it's James Cameron, and he had had a string of hits, but still, and I just I remember it was kind of a joke at that point. Mm-hmm. And then he's the one laughing. I remember. I won't remember the exact number, but the first weekend of Titanic was not great. Yeah. Like, it wasn't one of these, oh my God, it made $200 million in one weekend. No, because it was still pretty long. Wasn't it almost three hours? Yeah. Like, at that point. And they were like, uh-oh, this isn't going to have legs. <laughs> but then, I don't think I'm making this up, but for like eight weeks in a row, it just went yeah, like 20 up million, and up and up, 20 yeah. million, 22 million. It was a rarity, and it just stuck around for a long time. It was and, playing forever. Yeah. And like, and I'm pretty certain because even in our small town, like I think it left and came back three times. Right. Pretty sure because like it just had insane legs that you just don't see. Yeah. And now it is a different world now because like when did Avatar 2 come out? Like oh, at boy. Christmas time? I mean, not even that long ago. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. So early so December. Probably. Four months later ish. It is on VOD, mm-hmm. the equivalent of what was the video store of the time. Yeah. Whereas if Avatar was akin to a Titanic or an E.T., it would still be in theaters all summer long and making money. Yeah, and I'm not sure. It's funny, you know, looking back on that rollouts and how exactly that happened. Because, I mean, Avatar was re-released, God, four or five times at least. Like, Yeah. And I know some of them, some were 3D, some weren't. Because I remember at one point they were playing it at, I don't know if it's the War Museum, but like one of the, I think it was actually, oh, yeah. one of the museums, they were playing it. But that was like, I think a year or two after it had come out, something like that. And yeah. I was just like, I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, we may not see something like that again. Yeah, it's interesting to think. But then every time somebody says that, then they're like, oh, Avengers made $2 billion. Yeah. Or even on the other side of things, people keep fretting about the lack of originality because they say, which is a false claim, that everything is a Marvel movie or every, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, there's three Marvel movies a year. There's not 30. Yeah. But on the other side of the scale, we are seeing examples of the things of people going like, oh, they don't make movies like they used to. <laughs> they kind of do because we have independent film and horror film yeah. and comedies making money yeah. and I keep on thinking I'm like i think we're okay i think i think we're okay yeah and it's funny too because so many people that aren't us obviously bemoan remakes and reboots yeah. and all that stuff and i mean for me i'm just like just make it good like i don't think yeah. it really should matter but i do find it funny when they finally do announce remakes of stuff that most people don't care about right and that you would think okay well surely no one's going to complain about this so they just announced the mole people 
1953 movie is being remade. Okay. So it's been like 70 years. So I go to check the comments. Okay, well, surely no one's going <laughs> to complain about the mole people. And they were still all out of ideas. Hollywood, Hollywood, all this stuff. And I was like, you really don't think they might be able to do a better version of the yeah. mole people in 2023? Like, what are we even doing here? That should be the kind of stuff that, and I get, you know, people are kind of exhausted of just remakes in general. Like, I kind of get it, but I'm like, this isn't the eighth Body Snatchers movie, you know, yeah. like, I don't and know. And it's a different time. It will be set in a different era. There'll yeah. be different kinds of actors. There'll be better special effects. Oh, yeah. I think about that too with, they just announced Moana, is going to have a live-action Disney remake. Oh, of course. I mean, they all seem to at And people point. are furious, and I'm like, well, here's the catch. If I was running Disney, you know why I would greenlight a live-action Moana movie? Money. And you, know, and you know why I will greenlight a live-action Frozen movie? Yeah. Because Moana was great and made a ton of money, and all those kids who supported that movie are going to see Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid, yeah. or they will... So it doesn't take a genius to be like, wow, we keep on remaking these movies and eight out of 10 of them make a billion dollars. Let's do that again. Yeah. And it also makes sense to be like, well, Black Adam didn't work. Guess I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> going back to the well. He's like, yeah, yes, I will do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like money, eh? Relevance, you know? <laughs> so I bear no ill will to Disney doing these live action remakes because it makes sense. There's a logic to it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You don't have to see it. It's not like paying taxes. It's a thing. You can avoid it. You don't got to go see Moana. No. And, and you guess what? I probably will see Moana because I did like the cartoon. And I think with The Rock being in it and it's going to have a couple new Lin-Manuel Miranda songs in it. And the director of the cartoon is involved. So everyone's involved. So it's like, I don't know. It's just it's not a big deal to me to remake things because it's like, guess what? The Beatles covered other people's songs. And that was okay. Yeah, and they usually made them better, but not always. Right. Yeah. Which is funny. I just every speaking of that, I usually every every couple of years I'll go on a Beatles kick, and then I, I'm just it's just enough, and I can't listen to the Beatles for yeah. a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And so I just I don't know. I just fell into it last week, so I was listening to stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna go back and start from the beginning because it's always those are usually the albums I heard the least. You know, yeah. the early stuff. For a lot of them, you're like, all right, this is pretty good. And then you get near the end of the album, you're like, okay, you're kind of just... You're a boy not, band. <laughs> you're not trying that hard. On the, and some of the covers are like, just not... Like, they're not bad, but they're not... There's nothing great, really, about them. And it is funny, like, even the Beatles. Everyone's like, don't cover the Beatles. Because you can't... It's very hard to outdo the Beatles on a Beatles song. Right. But... There's certain times where the Beatles couldn't outdo the original artists on their song. Anyway, it's funny to listen to that where you're like, arguably the greatest band of all time. They couldn't make it work all the time either. And it's kind of quaint, I guess, actually, to be able to hear them be flawed. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone thinks Nothing Compares to You is a Sinead O'Connor song, but it's a Prince song. Yeah. And they're both pretty great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so music, film, I don't mind remakes. It's, it's just, it's a retelling. It's a reimagining. It's another story. And what it always comes down to you don't got to go see it. Yeah. There's other things to see. Go read a book. Go watch a different movie. Yeah. Well, and it's funny the amount of song remakes we now get in trailers for remakes and, yeah, uh, and not cheaper. remakes. But yeah, <laughs> but it just seems like most trailers, I, I mean, I'm this obviously not this bad, but most trailers you see these days, it will have a redone version of a song you know. Yep. It'll yep. be creep with a female singer, just whatever, like just this where's my mind, you know, all this stuff. And it's just, it's kind of a funny thing i've noticed nowadays that's most of the remakes these days are songs for trailers <laughs> it yeah, seems yeah. Like. 
let us mention the movies that we are screening the week of Friday, April 14th through Thursday, April 20th, 2023. The 420 week. Boy. Oh, yeah. Hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. So we're not doing anything druggy related on 420. <laughs> or are we? Or are Maybe we? Maybe we're tricking you. No, we're not. So we have two movies making a return. Emily and Women Talking. Oh, nice. Emily's sticking around. Yeah, two movies directed by women, one that won an Oscar and the other one which is pretty critically acclaimed. Oh, no, does that mean that the living streak is over? Yeah, living's gone. Uh, but that was like that seven was pretty, or eight weeks. That was around like. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I was thinking about that. I was like, well, what's, what's going to be the first to drop? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. No, Women Talking, I mean, well, both of them obviously are doing well, but Women Talking, that's the fourth week now or third? Uh, third week. Third, yeah. So obviously it's doing well. It was well. so good. It lives up to the hype. It's a very good movie. Yeah. No, Sarah Polly always brings it, even in the Dawn of the Dead remake, to bring it to yeah, horror. You know? Yeah. Like, she was very good. Then we have a movie called Sakura, which is a new Chinese martial arts film from Donnie Ooh. Yen, oh. who I love. Yeah. That just got better and better the longer your sentence yeah. went. <laughs> and I learned a new word. Sakura? So, uh, well, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> so you haven't learned that? <laughs> no, no. I didn't learn that one yet i think it's the guy wuxia is the subgenre, so it's ancient chinese martial arts adventure films what are called wuxia oh my god and i only learned that by cutting and pasting a couple of reviews for the film okay and two of them said wuxia and i was like what the hell's a wuxia they're gonna say by cutting and pasting words like i made a new <laughs> word out of cutting two words together like josh that's not how a language works <laughs> that's my poetry book wuxia <laughs> That's fun, though. I would never have... Of course, that's a genre, but like, so I just now you wouldn't can, have... If you're at like a nerd fest, you could be a highbrow and be like, oh, I'm going to see that new Wuxia film from Fantasia. Oh, you can just... You could be super cool huh? Fantasia. And I'd be like... And I always knew that Asia and Fantasia was the roots of the thing. I didn't just find that out a few weeks ago on the podcast. You're like, I'm going to see that new Wuxia film, Guardians I mean, of the Galaxy. Just call everything Oh, that, that's that. not the right one. Cage <laughs> is in a Wuxia movie. Yeah. I, actually, I think he was in one, but anyway. Yeah, so, outcast. I think it was. So yeah, it's like a big epic swords and horses, big big war movie. Damn, uh, so, looks really cool. And so that so the cage or not cage? Jeez, Chan, the cage of China. I can't. I can't remember. Jackie Chan is the cage of China. I don't know if that's true. I'm trying to think on the, on that level. I he like, works is, a lot. Is Cage super popular over there? Is he the cage of China? I don't even know. Anyway, the point is the, the newest <laughs> Chan one that we have now is right that on. modern day. That's modern day. That's yes. modern day. Okay, yeah. but this one is is past time <laughs> yeah with like armor and swords Damn. and yeah yeah yeah. wow like i, really I think fast. like wire work and, okay cool, cool yeah yeah it looks really good well, i like that that's a fun back-to-back -back, you know yeah 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 so totally different come see jackie chan riding a horse in present day Man. and then go see donnie yen riding a horse in ancient chinese times we need to get first of all chan and cage together obviously but also yeah. donnie yen the three of them i could really because uh, cage did that jujitsu movie that's like getting there yeah i, I don't want to plug stuff that's currently at the multiplex but right. I'm, I haven't had a chance yet, but I'm dying to see John Wick 4. Okay. Because okay. I think Donnie Yen's the villain. I don't I know. I think so. But, oh my God, it's supposed to be excellent. It's supposed to be inexplicably the fourth movie in a series where it's just Keanu running around killing people and getting beat up. Yeah. Is a masterpiece. It's supposed to be great. And, and it's not a Josh length. It's, no, it's, it's like <laughs> seven hours long. Yeah. But you'll love it. I thought you were going to uh, be hyping up Renfield, which will be opening this week, but not at the Mayfair Theater yet. 
yet hopefully soon yeah. yeah so i don't know if you're gonna go see something i guess go see john wick but actually, no 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 don't go see anything except oh, wait, don't don't for the movies we're talking about now uh, you brought it up first you're don't the, listen to me you're bad at this do as i do not as i say do yeah. don't do as i do <laughs> come see waxia <laughs> come see waxia then our final regular film this week is a clockwork orange oh geez the stanley kubrick disturbing classic yeah and, and i don't know if i've like oh, ever seen, seen the it? full movie i've seen big chunks of it and i do i vividly remember my parents renting it on oh, vhs yeah yeah and obviously i didn't get to watch it and with them saying but, go to bed <laughs> pretty much because i remember certain like i'm not sure maybe they let me watch the first couple of minutes or something like i definitely saw footage of it and i'm not sure if i snuck in or something like that well there's two or three scenes in the movie that it's not even spoiler they're so iconic and Malcolm McDowell's look has been a Halloween costume and on The Simpsons yeah. and forever. So it is one of those movies that could trick you where you could be halfway through and then be like, wait a minute, I've never seen this before. Yeah, and, it, and it's pretty longish as well. Like, Yeah. So and I guess it's just one of those ones where like, it's not a light film, you know? No. So like, I just haven't gotten back to that vibe and yeah it is iconic malcolm mcdowell is amazing he's still bringing it to this day yeah i really like malcolm mcdowell even recently i saw him in i'm gonna forget the title but there was a simon Pegg nick frost tv show yeah that was kind of like x filesy right oh, and he geez. played the grumpy old dad in it and he was very good he's one of those guys he's not gonna stop no he's gonna be acting till he goes probably so yeah he was in the silent night deadly night remake too he played kind of oh, a yeah. wacky sheriff basically and, and and everyone's favorite halloween rob zombie movies oh that's true that's true yeah he's god he must have like 200 plus credits at this point like he's just in a bunch of stuff yeah he's in star trek he's in saturday morning cartoons he's yeah. in everything what more could you want then i'll just quickly mention a couple of rentals we have one is called breaking boundaries and it's a documentary screening for earth day whoa and the other one is called animation show and tell ottawa and it's a bunch of local animators, a bunch oh. of short films from local animators. That's fun. Yeah, I love that stuff. And then we have Saturday Night Cinema. Yes. And a rarity, only because you pulled the movie out of your backpack, I know what's playing. Yeah, it's right in front of him right now. It's right now. here. I can yeah. tell you. I won't, but I know what it is. If he wanted to blurt it out, he could. I recognized one of the people in the movie. Yeah. I'll give that hint. And the length is the most Josh length of yeah, any like, movie. What was it, 74 minutes? Yeah, 76, 76 minutes? I think. Oh, so. perfect. Yeah, and, that's, and it's nice, too, because, like, there's been 11.30 cinemas lately, but this one's at midnight. Yeah. But because the movie is less than an hour and a half, you can still catch the final bus. You can still get home. And there's <laughs> going to be, there very likely will be prizes as well. Oh, prizes. I've, I've, I've been uh, authorized to give out some prizes. I won't, If I say what they are, it'll give away the genre of the movie, so I can't, but... Oh, I see where you're going with you this. See, yeah, yeah. There was someone involved in something offered... Part prizes. of the Mayfair extended family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's funny is like I actually have a DVD of this movie as well. Okay. And I was like, oh, maybe that would be a fun prize to give out the DVD. But then I was like, what, what now I'm giving out DVDs? <laughs> like, I don't know. I could just sell that DVD. So No, remember, everybody who leaves has to take one of our VHS tapes. It's different. Yeah, I'm giving away a DVD. Not of this movie, no. but just a DVD. <laughs> oh, yeah. That should be fun. Yeah, and so yeah, it'll be Clockwork Orange, then this movie, you know, which you doesn't go. help because nobody but you knows what the movie is. But I don't know. I always like, I love a good lead in. And like the last, yeah. I did it last month and it was the thing. Um, and then I didn't play a horror movie, but still like the thing is like, do you really want two in a row after the thing, after the ending of the thing? Do you really no. want to jump into a horror movie? I love, I don't think we mentioned this on the pod. I'm sorry if we did. I don't think we did. You had to wake somebody up who oh, fell asleep yeah. oh, and he God. said the immortal words. <sighs> 
what happened at the end of the movie? <laughs> yeah, and, and for some movies that might not matter that much. It's yeah. like, you know, like, oh, they got together. And they then kissed. Who cares, you know? But this guy, and, and it's funny because, like, I was just here to present. Like, I didn't watch the thing. I just was there. And then it was Sarah and other employee who I don't remember the name of. Anyway, and no offense, newer employee. I'm sorry. But, yeah, but yeah and Andrew. And so she couldn't find Andrew, uh, Sarah. And so she's like, there's a guy over there. Someone told me he's passed out. And so I'm like, uh, uh, okay. And I'm like, all right, do I get involved? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And so, yeah, we went over and like trying to push him or whatever. It, like younger guy, like it wasn't a problem. Like I just, I, I don't know what no, happened. No, he just fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even think necessarily that he was drunk. Like he didn't have cans, anything like that. I, I don't know. Like it's not even that long of a movie. But I just love that he said, what happened at the end to Oof. one of the greatest endings in cinema history that leads to questions and pondering and what really happened. Yeah, and it's like when the guy asked me what Soylent Green was made of when I was working <laughs> at the candy bar because we had the fake ad in, oh, the, yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. the bathroom, you know? And, so, yeah. and I'm just like, I could tell you, but it's the whole movie, basically. And like, you know, the thing, the ending's not the whole movie, but it's a huge part of the, the movie, you know? So yeah. I did not tell him the ending of the thing. He's like, oh, I'll just go home and watch it. And I'm like, just think of the step down. You were in the Mayfair Theater watching uh -huh. this movie. Uh, obviously for the first time yeah now you're gonna go home and watch it maybe on your phone <laughs> you're like Ooh. oh that wasn't that good but he shot awake like he i don't know he, he, he was thought scared. it was christmas morning or yeah. something like <laughs> so but good guy no problem so thanks for listening everybody we're gonna wrap things up you can find information about these and other upcoming awesome movies at mayfairtheater.ca and on the social medias if you have a spare moment feel free to go give us five stars and say nice things about us on whatever podcast thing you have found this on and we'll be back next week with more cool movies to chat about at the mayfair theater thanks everybody bye, bye. oh last night i got around to watching marathon man for the first good time. movie it's so good roy scheider and teeth but not jazz <laughs> i mean pff, Lawrence olivier terrifying here is what critics are saying about stanley kubrick's a clockwork orange Vincent Canby of the New York Times wrote, It is brilliant, a tour de force of extraordinary images, music, words, and feelings. A clockwork orange is so beautiful to look at and to hear that it dazzles the senses and the mind. Judith Christ has called it the number one film of the year. She said, Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange stands as a stunningly original work, even as it does full justice to Anthony Burgess's novel. It is in his total vision that Kubrick's mastery of every phase of his art is displayed in bravura style. And now the New York film critics have given A Clockwork Orange their award as best film of the year and have named Stanley Kubrick best director of the year. Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange from Warner Brothers is rated X, under 17 not admitted.